0: Ladies and gentlemen hello welcome to the toffee blues opposition view as always i'm max and coming up i'm excited for it and i'm sure every evertonian in as well it's the first home game of the 2018-19 season against southampton at goodison park it's going to be a shallow, i'm sure given the early season optimism we're going to be making a lot of noise and i think we've got every right to be coming into this game optimistic particularly after the performance against Wolves, with showed a bit of bottle and a bit of character that we've been lacking desperately for a long, long time. Um, Richarlison seems to be in fine form and we've got the chance to see some of the summer signings like Yeri Mina, Kurt Zuma, Bernard. Uh, I know Andre Gomez isn't quite fit just yet, but it's still very exciting time to be a blue. Um, just like last season, I, I sat down with John Bailey of the Saints FC podcast and last season we talked just before the game of Goodison Park where... Southampton took a lead. Uh, We seemed to be all over the place, as was the case often last season, and we quite uncharacteristically of us, to be honest, you know, smash and grab at the end late goal by Tom Davies gets us the point. But this season, they've managed to stay up, and like every other football fan, you know, hit with a healthy sense of optimism into the season ahead. I, I got the chance to talk with John, and we talked about. His relief about staying up, his um, his opinion on Southampton's summer signings because they were very active in the in the transfer market, and their start of the season last week against Burnley, which was a nil nil draw. Um, talked about the game obviously as well, uh, what he expects coming up against Everton. Um, I know Goodison Park hasn't been in, hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Southampton for for many years, so he gives a count his account on that and just what he expects from the game. Hope you enjoy. So, John, it's great to have you back on the show again. It's uh, obviously been a long summer, and to be honest, with the way things looked last time we spoke, it didn't look likely that we'd be, be able to have you back on the show. You know, um, last time we spoke was I remember it well. Everton's last home game of the season last season. Um, Southampton were coming into it really in in the midst of a of a relegation battle, and in one of the cruel turns of circumstance that just happens in football. You know, we won nil up, admittedly. Southampton, much the better team, and you know, red card five minutes to go that resulted Tom Davies slamming in an equaliser in the last minute. Um, Which, on the other hand, you know, in the midweek, you had that game against Swansea, which really was a make or break. Game and I, I remember it well because obviously I, I kept a keen a keen eye on Southampton after that. Cause I, coming out of the game, you know, some of our lads were an arm around Southampton fans in you know solidarity because it really was a cruel cruel way to to go. But that Southampton game makes. I mean the Swansea game. Sorry, um, Manolo Gabbiadini. I've I've been a big, big fan of his from when he was at um, Napoli. Was it and. He obviously hadn't kind of lived up to the hype that he set the bar at earlier on in his Southampton career, but just how relieved were you to see him score that goal and what did it mean for you? Oh, yeah. mad. Um, I'll go back to Everton games. game
1: as well. I remember chatting to you about that. Um, uh, I wasn't actually able to watch it, so I was at my brother-in-law's wedding where I was
0: deep. Oh, right, nice. Uh, yeah. So,
1: like, I couldn't watch the game, but, yeah, I knew how crucial it was. Um... Checked in the score at half time, and uh, also like went to check when I thought it was going to be full time. Mm. Saw we're winning. And I just, <laughs> oh my god, we're actually going to do this. We're step. I mean, I kind of you know, the last time we've won at Goodison Park was so long ago. Kevin Davis scored for us, um, and then uh, so I kind of like put the phone down. I was like, all right, it's multiple minutes. You know, hopefully that's all done and dusted. And then I saw the notification come in on my phone. I just felt totally sick mm. I'm standing behind the decks, like, <laughs> uh, show this couple and have the party music for the best night of their lives and um, you know, I'm standing there just thinking, oh my god it's all over, it's actually going to happen we're going to get relegated um, it was so, so gutting um, thankfully I was able to put it off the DJ, you know, mm. yeah, but fantastic. But then, yeah, it meant it was all to play for it against Swansea. Mm. But, you know, with hindsight, now looking back it, I wonder if it might not have been a bad thing that we only got a point at Goodison Park because it meant that we went to Swansea knowing exactly what we needed. Um, they had a much easier fixture on the last day of the season, um, so you know, we, we kind of knew that we had to beat them. Um, I wasn't able to get across to Swansea, but um, from the Saints podcast, I met loads of Saints fans, and uh, we kind of took over a pub in, in uh, London in and, um, and, oh, just, you know, when the Saints scored, the, the place went absolutely wild. Oh. I, mean, I don't know what this South London pub was thinking. <laughs> I was so excited I ended
0: up buying a bottle of champagne, because, you know, it's an expensive cool. thing to do in a London pub. You it's know. bad
1: enough getting the pints in
0: London. Oh, I well, know. Yeah, but you know, it felt amazing, and, and that's
1: the thing. Yeah, looking back on it, we've had all of those great seasons. Um, you know, previous to last season, we finished in the top eight four seasons in a row. Um, and, and, and to be honest, like that goal, that Cammy Dini sort of felt just as good as when Shane Long got the the winner in the semi final against Fulham mm. at Anfield. And, yeah, that's the mad thing: surviving relegation as good as uh,
0: getting, you know getting through something. no I know the great escapes eversonians will be very familiar with that after ninety four and ninety eight um you know we, we, of course we we know the feeling and of going ahead into that into the summer now with the with the premier League status solidified if you like do you think as a club it was the right decision to keep Mark Hughes on because I feel that we've got common ground in the sense that we've we appointed Sam Allardyce and the likes of Sam Allardyce, uh, Mark Hughes, Tony Pulis, they all tend to get, you know, tarred with the same brush. So, you know, going forward, hoping to be a progressive club, do you think that's the right decision? Um, I I don't
1: think it's a very Southampton decision and I think, you know, the club didn't take it lightly sacking a manager midway through the season. Um, They like to do their business in the summer, they like to be planned and prepared, but the way it was going with Pellegrino, just Couldn't see him getting the players up to the, to the relegation battle. Was, mm. If we stuck with him, I'd have bet my house on us getting relegated it was really that bad. Um, Hughes obviously has loads of experience. He um, doesn't tend to do very well actually with teams when he first comes in. Mm. Um, he's more of a, a manager that kind of builds things up, so they got better and better with Stoke until the last season uh, he was with them. But yeah, he made a big difference to Saints. I mean, we lost our first three fixtures under but the games against Arsenal, the games against Chelsea, um, you could see that there was a bit of fighting spirit in yeah. the squad again, and, and that's what we needed. Um, and I think it would have been unfair to Sam Hughes based on him, you know, getting us survival, which is ultimately you know, all Um Yeah, it's not really a typical Saints appointment. Normally we go a bit from left field. So I mean, Pellegrino wasn't particularly well known in Premier League, mm-hmm. as well, whilst he had some Champions League experience, he wasn't. Well known outside of France, really. Cumin, you know, he, he wasn't proven yeah. until, he, until he came to us. And, and Pochettino went, brought him in, and sacked Nigel Atkins. Everyone thought he were mad. No, yeah. manager. He, he was just starting to pick up the pace a bit. Was saying at the time, we brought in Pochettino, and everyone, all the pundits, were slating and saying it was a terrible idea. But now I think you look at him, and you can argue You, know, you can argue a case for him being the best manager in the league. You know. With the resources he has, yeah. he gets a, he gets an awful lot out of the players. Though, in um, fact, probably Cummins slightly tainted his reputation at Saints because he did slightly better with Saints. Yeah. Like Pochettino, but Pochettino definitely laid down the foundation.
0: Yeah, that definitely you mentioned, and obviously as as it's been quite in the news. Obviously with with, with spares and all not making any signings in the, in the transfer window. You, you mentioned yourself earlier that. Managers like to go into to a summer implementing their own plans with their own targets and looking at Southampton transfer activity this summer. Obviously, there's one notable player that was sold on inducing Tadic. But aside from that, you, in, in, by all accounts, you've made some really solid signings. I've I, I saw myself Angus Gunn at Manchester City for the under-23s. He looked a really solid keeper. I'm a, I'm a keen follower of German football so Yannick Vestergaard looks like a absolute colossus at the back and uh, a really interesting one which I'm, I'm, I'm sure people will be interested in, in, in hearing about is Danny Inge because I've seen that the scenario in terms of whether it's a loan, whether it's a permanent transfer are, are quite confusing but do you think the signings that you've made are good enough to not put you in the position that you ended up in towards the back end of last season? I think they probably are
1: gets out of them um, yeah I mean going through our summer of activity, it was a shame to lose Dusan Tadic um, you know he's a, he's a player that could know, make opposition teams feel nervous um, but you know he hasn't left Andrew really well at the end of last season really helped us kind of staying up um, yeah, you know he'd be welcomed back to seven areas as an opposition mm-hmm. Be like some other players um,
0: Virgil van Dijk <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah uh, so um, Danny so I mean, let's start with that one. That was a really bizarre one. Yeah. On, you know, the final deadline day, you know, last-minute transfer, um, odd that it's a season loan. The yeah. The £20 million already agreed, and I wonder if that has something to do with the, the accounting rules for the financial. Of
1: course. Day. Um, you know, we spent a, a fair bit over the summer. Um, you know, he, he did pretty well on, on Sunday. Um, he came in, got onto the pitch around about 60 minutes mark, uh, you know, his movement was pretty good. He hasn't had much game time with Liverpool, didn't play much for them for pre-season, but actually he looks pretty sharp and pretty fit. Yep. Um, obviously, comparing him to Charlie Austin, Charlie Austin makes most um, professional football players look pretty fit. <laughs> a lot of amateur football players, pretty fit by comparison.
0: Um, yeah. kind of working our way back, Mohamed El-Lisi is the one that, that you mentioned just oh, yeah. from uh, FC Basel. Days
1: of uh, yeah, listeners and followers who you, um, follow the Champions League, they would have seen him score a goal against Manchester City mm-hmm. in the season. So he's potentially quite exciting. He's supposed to be um, a replacement for Tadić, but actually I think he has a bit more pace than Tadić. But he's falls um you know, So um, that's always nice to bring in. Yeah. Armstrong from Celtic. Oh yeah. Seven million pounds is looking like a really decent acquisition. Um, I'm not sure why I say cheap actually. I've Seen of him on the pitch, which admittedly isn't an awful lot. He looks like he's really handy player. Yes. And um, Yannick Vestergaard,
0: I'm glad you mentioned that you're a fan of him. I mean,
1: I'm think more of German football, but um, he he does look like a colossus. Yeah. The words he
0: used. And um, yeah, there was a corner which he clearly didn't even have to jump to win the header. Yeah. I mean, it's so think despite, Yeah, Despite some of our defenders being quite tall, they're not great
1: in the yeah. air. That's something we've definitely missed since Van Dyke.
0: Yeah. Um, and also,
1: and Sam Vokes got substituted off for Burnley the first thing he did on the pitch was give uh, Vestergaard an elbow in the head and then a little bit a few minutes later Vestergaard just absolutely smashed the <laughs> forwards in the back just took him out so it looks like he's willing to adapt to the, the, the physical nature of the Premier League which is great as well um, yeah. Angus Gunn's an interesting one I don't yeah. think many Saints fans were expecting us to sign the kid, especially considering we still have Fraser Forster. strong mm-hmm. um Looks like he's jumped straight ahead of Fraser forces. So he's the second choice keeper, um, at least until Alex McCarthy, you know, hits a bad run of form, and you know, potentially you know, Gun might get his chance. Um, hopefully, he'll get run out in the, the League Cup, and we can have a decent run of mats, and see what it's like. You, you
0: made you made a few pointers, obviously, um, against about your your season opener against Burnley. It was a, a nil nil draw. Obviously, the, sometimes you know, obviously, often of them referred to being stale mates, not much to talk about, was there, was there anything that you could, could draw after that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Burnley were a little bit sharper because they've had the Europa League action, um, and in the first half they looked really good, the Saints players still looked very, very nervous, mm-hmm. were a bit of a hangover from last season, um, but around about the 60 minute mark we, we changed from a three-five-two formation, so over three centres, yeah. two wing-backs, um, and Marquis changed it to a 4-4-2, and we had two forwards on, and, and it just, it just worked a lot better. It probably coincided with Burnley players tiring a bit after 60 minutes. Um, I'd be a little bit worried, I mean, if to start like that against Everton, I think you guys have a little bit more quality going forward than, than Burnley do, and I'd expect um, you guys will probably be able to find the back of the net in, in that period where, where we weren't great. Um, but, you know, McCarthy made a couple of good saves, so perhaps we'll be relying on him. But Hopefully, we can be a bit more positive from the outset.
0: Do, do you think that Hughes will make the decision to go ahead with the, with the three at the back or maybe start with the four on Saturday?
1: Yeah. I mean, based on Sunday, you would say it's probably a sensible thing to, to go with four at the back. But I think away from home, at a ground where we just never win, he might be looking to keep things a little bit tighter so maybe he will stick with three at the back with the wing backs um, we have both Mario Lamina and Oriol Romeo in, in midfield you know, deeper kind of midfielders, they like to stay back. Oriol Romeo is very much defensive midfielder. So I I expect him to keep things close enough for you know, probably the first kind of seventy minutes or so, then maybe he'll change things towards the end if he, if he feels like we can get you know, a decent result
0: for for the for the audience interest obviously um obviously i'm i'm sure they'll be keen to listen of an old opinion on the club itself what did you, what did you make of it at the start of the season if you managed to catch it
1: yeah i did actually um, I've got to admit i was pretty excited to see uh, to see Wolverhampton Wanderers yeah. in action so uh, one of the reasons i support Saints is because uh, my great granddad played for
0: them, so, oh, the family. so brilliant
1: But he was also manager of
0: as well. Oh, fantastic. Spot, um, and
1: uh, you know, I was pretty interested to see, what I think they've got a really interesting project yeah. um, going on there. I think
0: Ruben Neves. Is oh, there. he's a fantastic player. But, you know, you, you guys were more than a match for them and I think, yeah, had you not had the
1: player sent off, you'd have probably won that game. I don't think there's going to be that many teams going towards and coming away with three points. So, um, Richarlison looks absolutely fantastic. Of course. So, you know, obviously £50 million you're expecting a player to come in and make an immediate impact but what an impact he made and um, yeah you know, he, he was looking like the Richarlison was at the start of last season he had some really good games for Watford until mm. kind of Marco Silva had his head turned by the yeah. guys and they all kind of fell apart then but yeah he, he looks like he could be a real star Richarlison yeah. and I think he probably go from having Rooney
0: Having a of no, of course it is. It's been a definite need definitely needed injection of pace that, that we've got and um, Can I ask you a question, I on the line go on. think about like, mentioning Wade
1: Brady. Presumably yeah. you've watched the footage yeah.
0: of him. Oh, where really, he makes the quickest run he's ever made in his life. In the US, uh, soccer league. What what do you think of that? Did you ever see that from Rudy at the time he was- I, I I personally I think he's just got it in his locker. No, no, no matter where he is, I think he's always capable of making those, you know those, those kind of magic moments. Even, even for the people that argued he was on the decline at Everton, you know, we still saw that game at West Ham, at home, where he managed to bag a hat trick and the goal from the halfway line. So, on that note, you know, I'm not surprised by the moments of magic from him. Um, Well, it's quite quite a shocking one, really. It's quite an update with current affairs. Gone from Southampton to talking about Rooney and absolutely amazing performances in the MLS. But, uh, John, it's been great to have you on. And while you're still on the line, obviously to take a a step out from football and ask the traditional question, uh, what's your favourite film? Um, So, I mean, I was recently asked what my
1: favourite comedy film was, so because I've been thinking about that recently. I'll I'll give you
0: the answer to that. And um, that's Shaun of the Dead. Brilliant. Absolutely. Fantastic film. Romantic comedy with zombies. No, I know. It's absolutely fantastic. The, the pair of them, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, I think they're just comic geniuses. Um, John, I, I know you run your your own podcast as well, mate, so why well, you've got the opportunity, to tell us where to find your work. Um, so you, you can find us, uh, we're called the Saint F-C Podcast,
1: we're on Twitter at Saints FC Podcast, so... Yeah, if you're an Everton fan looking for a second team in the Premier Rich. League for whatever you just want to get a little bit of insight in the run-up to the weekend um, we had an episode out yesterday where we talked about the Everton game and obviously we kind of took apart the safety so if you want to know what's, what's going on yeah by all means go ahead and check that out um, also if you watch the kind of goal show on BT Sport on Saturdays, you might see my face popping up on that as well so. oh
0: brilliant brilliant John thanks for coming on again mate It's great to speak to you
1: yeah thank you for having us again I look forward
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. So there we are, it, it was great to have the opportunity to talk to John again, um, as proved by his last appearance on the on the opposition view. He's a really nice fella and I thought his, his story about where he was for the Everton game was really quite comical. Uh, also interesting to listen to what, what the great escape meant for Southampton and, and for him as a fan. I know as an Evertonian we've got particularly two of those, 94 and 98 in our history, although I'm not quite old enough to remember them it was just interesting to to hear from a fan's point of view what surviving relegation feels like Um, and of course his his account of Southampton this summer um, what do you expect for the game on Saturday it's always interesting to hear Um, if you enjoyed the interview and if you just carry on checking out some more of our stuff check out the Toffee Blues on YouTube Facebook Twitter Instagram or the social media platform to stay up to date with all the Averton news take it easy